Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up a bottle of Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale for $7.99. Plus, earn double O rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Block Talk Radio. Hey, good evening, Finsider regulars. We're back. It's another Thursday night, another edition of the Finsider podcast, and we are exactly one week away from the NFL draft. I've uh, got a feeling that that's going to come up a little bit tonight, but at least we do have a few other things to talk about, like the schedule. Um, let's go ahead and bring in James. How you doing tonight, James? Good. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well. Doing very well. Um Hoping Keith can call in tonight. He's having some technical difficulties, so uh, hope he can get in with us. But until then, James, it's you and me. All right. Let's uh, we can get some people to call in tonight as well. Yes, guys, if you want to call in, the number's posted on the page, but uh, it's 347-326-9461. Give us a call. We'll be ready to take you, get you on the air hear your questions, and keep us flowing. Um, First thing up is, yeah, the NFL draft came out. Or what am I saying? The NFL schedule came out. Man, I've got draft on the brain. (laughs) So what would you think of it? Anything jump out at you right away? Man, uh, I've looked it over, but I've been been running um, with my hair on fire all week. Um, I did notice that we had some uh, late games up north. You know, I always look for those, hoping yeah. that all of our away games and places like Buffalo and New England will be uh, early in the season. But of course, we never we never get that for some reason. I think they hate us. Thing that jumped out at me right away was we play the Patriots in December. That's it. Right. Both of, both of the both of the Patriots games are in December for some reason. They've done a lot. They've done a lot of that. With the uh, with the scheduling, it seems like because you know I obviously I all I hear is the uh, cowboy fan side of things here in Dallas, and they were complaining of you know a lot of the same things that they're getting, you know like both of their Giants games right at the right at the end of the year. So uh, it's not just us; it's seeing that bizarre yeah. scheduling. Yeah, I know this is the third year in a row that they've uh, ended the season with every game being a divisional game. I think it's the third year that they've done that. But um, going back up to the early thing, the early season schedule, first thing we see on there is 
our chance to break the Ofer streak against the Texans, week one at Houston. Man, that has to it's happen. Gonna be, it's going to be a tough game. You know Schaub is going to want to come back and show that he could have taken that team to the Super Bowl last year. Um, good thing is it is early, so there is no film on Miami. I mean, true. it's going to be completely unknown ground for everybody. Right. We know what they're running. They're going to have no idea what we're doing. Exactly. So that'll that'll be a strength for us. Second game is uh, Oakland in Miami. Just got moved today from uh, 4.15 to a 1 o'clock game, which is an awesome thing because that means that Oakland and those black jerseys are going to be playing in nice, hot Miami. Ha, ha. <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be sweltering middle of September, so that's that's perfect. Um, I hope I hope the humidity is sitting at about ninety eight percent that day. We've got uh we've got Limey Finn, fun filled British guy, silly Limeys, um, asking us uh, before we go on with the schedule, going from left to right, who's our starting O line week one against the Texans? Oh gosh. <laughs> I think the left side's easy. I think you go long, incognito, pouncy. Um, right side, I'm probably going Jerry Murtha with who we have on the roster right now. Yeah, you've got to think they're going to draft somebody else as well. I, I think they're going to, but. I think I think right now on the roster, that's where we're probably looking. Um, I did see something interesting today. Just a side note, I don't even remember where I saw it. But they said uh, uh, Reef, Riley Reef, could be falling back into the second round. Huh. That would be uh, interesting if we could get Tannehill or somebody else and then still end up with Reef. Yeah, I think everybody would be happy with that. I think if we pick a alignment in the first round, everybody's head's going to explode. But yeah, you know, obviously right. that. Yeah, I think everybody would be thrilled with that. I would be. I I, 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 I would be okay with that. I I'm, I'm going. Well, let's let's not jump to the draft yet. Let's let's go back to uh, <laughs> the schedule. So much to okay. talk about tonight. I. It's crazy. Last week it was like, okay, what do we talk about? This week it's like, what don't we talk about? But um, week three, after we play the Raiders at 1 o'clock, we turn around and host the uh, Jets at 1 o'clock. So Uh, put them in their dark green uniforms and Jets week in week three. That'll be good. Uh, I always love Jets week. But (laughs) get get our first swing out west in week four. Heading out to Arizona to play the Cardinals. Could be another tough one. I mean, they're going to want to show that they are better than what they were last year. So that'll that'll be interesting. But um, week five, heading north to play the Bengals. I don't know what to make of the Bengals. I have no idea. Yeah, they they were a pretty good team last year. I don't. It's that's no that's no give me like it used to be. 
Okay, and then week six is uh, hosting the Rams, which uh, will be fun. Um, get a fun-filled Jeff Fisher. See a CV Greg Williams list less. Greg Williams list uh, defense. Is a defense coaching itself now? I, it, it, it might be. I mean, I'm not really sure what they're going to do, but, hey, why not? It they're going to have to sound good. hire somebody. But um, then we go into the bye week in week seven. I think it's a perfectly placed bye week. I really like it in week seven. Uh, two reasons. I'll, I talked about it on the site earlier, and I'll hit the second reason later. But uh, first reason that I love where the bye week is is because week eight takes us to at the day. So we get the bye week to prepare for the Jets. The Jets are going to be playing the Patriots during our bye week. Awesome. So, yeah, it's uh, it's good timing for us. Um, week nine at the Colts, we'll get to see Andrew Luck, who the Colts did – say today that they are drafting Andrew Luck as it was. Okay. Well, that was – Yeah. I think we all started Stunning, to do that. So. Yes. So, the uh, the first two picks are, are set in stone now, I guess, with RG3 going to the Red, Redskins afterwards. Then uh, after that, we host the Titans in week 10, November 11th, which will obviously be a big game simply because of all the pageantry that November 11th will bring. Or, sorry, yeah, November 11th, that's Veterans Day. I'm right, okay. I'm not crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in the Army. You think I know what Veterans Day is. But that'll uh, that'll be fun. Then we have the short week, four days. And we're playing at 8.20 p.m. on NFL Network against the Bills up in Buffalo. So um, the good thing is it's a short week for both teams. That's our one primetime game. Yeah, that's our one primetime game. But then comes the reason that I like where our bye week was back in week seven because we get 10 days off after the Bills game for the Seahawks. So essentially, we get two bye weeks. Are we playing in? Are we playing the Seahawks in Miami or in Seattle? In Miami, in Miami. Good. That's a long yeah, we way have, to travel. We have two. We have two West Coast games. Um, two weeks after the Seahawks, we're at the 49ers with the first Patriots game in Miami. In between there, so we'll go Seahawks week 12, Patriots week 13, and then at 49ers in week 14. Yeah, I'm so, looking at it now. Okay. Um, that 49ers game worries me. That's a long flight. And then the 49ers are good. Yeah, the, the, the stats of teams flying, you know, completely cross-country and then winning those and winning those games is, is doesn't favor us one bit. Yep. But we turn around after the 49ers and get another bye week. I mean, we play the Jaguars. 
So, hopefully, Teal Deal wasn't listening to you uh, say that. <laughs> but uh, I'll, uh, I'll, James. There's caller on the line, so I'll go ahead and run through the rest of the uh, the uh, schedule while you go ahead and grab the uh, caller. Um, I'm having a little technical difficulty on this end. Okay. So you might well, have then to. I'll uh, Bring him in. All right. Hello, caller. How are you? Hey, guys. How's it going, guys? Not too bad, not too bad. What's up? Hey, I don't know exactly. I might be a little bit behind you on the podcast. I'm like nine minutes and 23 seconds in, so I don't, I, I got it turned down, so I can't really tell. But anyway, I heard you guys were starting off talking to uh, about Cam Wake, and it just got me to thinking, you know, a lot of people really rag. Jeff Ireland, and I'm not going to get into all of that's fair or not. I, I think he's all right and does a good job. But nonetheless, uh, in talking about Cam, now I'll be the first one to say the dude is getting took to the cleaners based on what he should be making. Let me make that clear. Uh, but, you know, with people that like to bash Ireland, this situation that he's got Jake Long in and Cam Wake, whether you like it or not, it is a business, is – incredible on his behalf and, and his leadership in the organization because if we're going to be truthful with ourselves, you know, Cam Wake has hit his ceiling most likely. And as the gentleman and we talked about, you know, people talk about him being shut down by uh, the tackle from New England there. But nonetheless, you know, personally, honestly, I, it ain't going to break my heart if Cam Wake hits the road this year. But, you know, and, and I'll tell you what, Jake Long, even though I love the guy and I love Cam Wake, that guy's got back issues, and they don't go away, man. So what, what I'm getting at is here is, you know, the wisdom and, you know, you know we're going to have $50 million, man, next year without, and that's not counting what happens with Jake Long and uh, Cam Way. But, you know, the wisdom and, you know, and uh, how they're making these guys perform, I mean, you're getting, nobody talks about how much of an idiot Jeff Ireland is when you got, I guess most people would consider Cam Wake is a pretty quality player, huh? Considering he's rated number one and by whoever. But what my my point is is where is all these naysayers when when he's made an incredible business move there as an organization and his leadership, and to say we've got a player to play at six hundred thousand dollars with the table of Cam Wake. If Cam and I know you want to say something, and, and I just want to add one more point. When Cam Wake was sitting on the couch with nothing. If you would have walked up to Cam Wake and said, buddy, would you like to play for $600,000 this year? He would have freaking jumped off the couch and kissed you out in the face. So I, I don't really, I, you know, I understand that he is getting, you know, Trunznik, first of all, he won't be making 600 something thousand or whatever he's making that's more or whatever he's making because we got a real coaching staff now and he's not going to, Philbin's not going to be kissing his butt. He's going to be on the road first chance again. So if he wants to cry about what Trunznik makes or whatever, and he won't have to worry about that because Trumpick won't be there because it ain't no more of the buddy system like we had with Spilano. But that's just my thoughts, and I want to see what your thoughts were about it. Well, thanks for the call, and uh, we'll go ahead and talk about Cam Wake now, I guess. Um, I, I, I said before the uh, podcast, which kind of worries me, that he somehow listened in. So apparently what we were talking about before the podcast was actually on the air. That's kind of interesting there, James. Uh, 
But uh, apparently it looks like Cam Wake was in camp today. So yes. we, uh, we, we we do have Cam Wake ending his holdout, which kind of tells me that um, he's making progress in his negotiations. Yeah, that's he what would I would assume. Be, he would not be there if they were still way off. So there there had to be some sort of deal. That is that's a lot of what you hear right now is people talking about hey, we're obviously in a rebuilt mode. Jake Long, Cam Wake, they're not going to be in their prime when we're ready to compete. So, do we trade them? Do we see what we can get for them? I just going into the draft, I guess it's the right time, but I don't know if we would do it. You know, if if that is if that is their mindset and they're they're looking at say three years down the road, I probably hold on to Long because you know he's got you know he's going to have longer than that. I mean, well, well, I hope. <laughs> I think yeah. we should all hope. But uh, I will say, yeah, uh, wake, I wake. Saw... If, if if you're looking two, three years down the road, then I, then I might look at trading trading Cam. I mean, if, you know, they, uh, it, Jesse Agler, the guy from Finsider, the yes. Dolphins radio blog thingy do that has a really cool name, except it's not spelled right. That's all I'm saying. Um, they uh, he he put on there. I guess he talked to Jake Long today, and I haven't seen an interview with him. But he said uh, Jake told him. He's feeling the best he's felt in years. So I guess Jake's back is healthy. His knee is healthy. He's ready to go. So that's a good thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a positive sign. And and yeah, if I have if I have the choice between the two, I sign him up long term and then trade Cam. And you know, if I if I get value for him, you know, but I you know that's that goes for any player on the roster. Yeah, um, I, I'm not. It, it's hard to say get rid of them because those are two names right now. I mean, Reggie Bush, I guess is the next one. Um, but Jake Long and Cam Wake are the big names. Those are the guys that will be in the Pro Bowl for this team. Yeah. So. That's absolutely true. Um, going back real quick, jumping back to the final three weeks of the season, that December 16th, week 15 game against the Jaguars could be interesting. It's uh, in Miami, but you have to figure that late in the season, if Blaine Gabbert isn't playing well, Chad Henney's their starting quarterback. <laughs> I mean, it, it could be really, really interesting. So, um, and then we finished the season home against the Bills and then at the Patriots December 30th. So, the schedule makers didn't give us any breaks there with the uh, nice cold weather game at the Patriots, the last game of the season. But I, overall, looking at it, I have not gone through and done the typical win-loss, who, we, who I think we could beat. But I'm not too uh, upset by the uh, – by the 
schedule either. No. Sorry about that. It just is what it is. And I don't think going through and doing the win loss thing is uh is you know, is a good use of your time anyways, because none of us know, you know, the draft hasn't happened, there's still free agents and trades that are gonna happen. We don't know we don't honestly know what any of these teams are gonna be next year. It's just how it is in the NFL. Yeah. Oh, very much so. Some of your sweat, you know, so, so go, go ahead. Everybody says uh, says that. I mean, everybody looks at the Patriots as technically they have the easiest schedule heading into the season. But like you said, I mean, every year you see somebody go from worst to first. So obviously, last year's records don't mean anything next year. Now, will the Patriots be good? Will the Niners be good? Will the Saints? Well, maybe not the Saints. But will the uh, Packers be good? Sure, of course they're going to be. But are they going to be, or does that mean that the Bills are going to be horrible, or that the Dolphins are going to be horrible, or that the Cardinals are going to be horrible? Not necessarily. No, those are all wild cards. We went, we went 1-15 to 11-5 to 7-9. So take your pick. I look at it this but, way: the teams, the teams that have that are set at quarterback, they're going to be your tough, your tough games most likely, no matter what. Everything else is a wild card. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so now we have uh, we're leading into the draft. We've got a week till that set up, but we did pick up two players this week. What were your thoughts on uh, Les Brown, the tight end, former basketball player turned tight end, and the Legadoo Nani uh, signing? Well, I think I think I think he he was he was uh, for depth. The, the left kid is is you know intriguing, but uh, you know I think he's probably um, destined for the practice squad. But you never know. I mean, you've seen a lot of these uh, basketball players you know, play a season in college and then all of a sudden they're stars in the NFL. I shouldn't say a lot, but there's, you know, it's happened to a couple. And, uh, you know, so that transition apparently from basketball player to tight end in the NFL is, is not as difficult as you would imagine, it, it seems. So maybe there is something there. Who knows? It's not like we're super yeah. deep at tight ends. So, yeah, you know, I mean, he, with him, and I, I put it up on the site when we first signed him, I'm absolutely in love with that move. I, I love bringing in Les Brown. Um, it's it's basically a no-risk signing. Bring him right. in if he can do it. If he can't, okay, you move on. Cut him, move on. But, I mean, it's the same chance to uh, – it's the same problem that we had with – or that we have now with Cam Wake. When we signed him, I mean, we signed him for an average of $650,000 a year. Now we are facing the fact that four years later, that's the problem only because we took a chance. So let's take a chance on this kid. If he gets, if he's good enough for practice squad, put him on the practice squad. If he's good enough to make the fifty-three, make. But you, but you know, you know, worst case scenario with a Cam Wake is, you know, we'd have to go out and trade him. I mean, what's what's that guy yeah. worth? He's worth he's worth at least a second round pick for 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 a guy for a guy that you just signed off the street that was 
you know, that's that that's genius if, if that was the worst-case scenario. You know, and if you sign him up long-term, yeah. you paid nothing and you've got a star. So, yeah, those, move, those, moves, are, those moves are brilliant. And, and like you said, if they don't work out, so what? Move on to the next yep. guy. Exactly. Get your shoes on. Mom's almost here. But, okay, so do you think either one, like do knee or um, Les Brown make the 53-man? I I really you don't know at this point. Um, you know, even 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 if they're even if they're you know blowing it up in camps and these little mini camps, that doesn't mean anything until until the you know the the actual preseason starts and the the hitting starts and we can see what these guys are playing on the field. You don't you don't know anything. I think they're going to sign a lot of these you know these names and you see like a lot of overreaction to it on the site. But a lot of these names are just they're camp bodies. They're you know that they're bringing them to you know to look at look at them. They're 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 camp fodder. They're you know, nothing more, nothing less. Um, you know, in some cases they may wind up being depth, but they're not bringing any of these guys in to be starters. So, right. I think uh, Nani has a good chance at it. I can't see that. I mean, he had a good year last year. Um, I don't see why or how they could just cut him. I mean, obviously they could if Roberto Wallace or Julius Pruitt or uh, Marlon Moore turn it on in practice or in a training camp. But I think he can beat out one of those three. So I I would see him um, getting in there. Uh, Zach Alcorn on uh, Twitter asked the question, so I'm going to use for the first time our fun-filled audio. So uh, I've got a tweet question. All right, our first special effects. <laughs> Better chance to win games, Moore or Gerard? Moore. Okay, why? I don't know. I just I think that kid's got something. I, I don't I don't think he's he's the long-term answer, but I think he's the kind of guy. They can go out there and consistently win you games, probably get you to the playoffs. He's probably not going to win you the Super Bowl, but you know, and that that's obviously should be everyone's goal. But uh, you know, if everyone, he's he's a good game manager. Gerard is, he, he's always seemed too up and down to me. You know, and, and maybe you know, maybe maybe he's not maybe he's not much different than than more in that in that regard. But if I had to pick one of the two, I'd, I'd go with more. I, I think you're right. Um, I like the Gerard signing. He's a good backup. Um, I think you're right, though. I think it's more. Um, we'll see. I, I would not be surprised if Gerard beat more out in training camp, but I really don't think it's going to happen. And we do have another caller. I'll go ahead and bring him on the line. Friend? Hello, caller. How are you? Or we don't. <laughs> Never mind then. So um, I, was, I was wondering when I saw that when I saw that number, I was wondering what was going yeah, on. Yeah, it, it was kind of weird. I figured I'd try it. It's the second time it's popped up, but I don't know why it's doing that. Um, whoever was just trying to call in, we see you. I can answer it. I'm not hearing anything, and the number doesn't make any sense. 
So I don't know where you are calling from, but yeah, you can go ahead and try again. Um, uh, where was I? Oh, I lost my train of thought now. Okay, well, let's get to the draft then, since apparently I don't have anything else to talk about. Where, what bandwagon are you on this week? Man, I'm 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 still torn between taking Tannehill and trading down, and whatever move they make, I'm 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 going to assume. You know, given the fact that we know more about Tannehill than any other staff out there in the NFL, if we spend the number eight pick on him, I'm going to assume that's the right choice until, you know, it's proven otherwise. Yeah. If, if mean, we trade down, if we trade down, then I'm going to assume he was not the right choice. You, you've got you've got to trust them. I mean, they have a plan. And uh, Jeff Ireland said it today. Let me see. Here's the quote. Um He's asked if they're ready, and he goes, we're ready to draft. This year's uh, free agency was uh, for depth. He said, this year, that's my philosophy. Free agency changes depend on the situation you're in year to year, but this year it was to provide depth. So then they asked him, well, does that mean that you've got to get starters in the draft? And he says, I think all the picks are extremely important, but second, third, and fourth round picks those guys need to be starters or significant role players. I may be stubborn enough to think I can hit on every single one of them. But obviously he's not going to hit on every single one of them. But he says his success rate, what he aims for, is 55% success. Um, I can't say that's wrong either. I mean, 55%. Success means over half your guys are doing exactly what you projected them to do. And, so. I, and I think he's probably come close to that. I, I think, I think, you know, and and, and, I'll, and I defend him a lot of times, but I think if he if he has a a, a negative, it's it's that some of the, you know, and, and granted, um, we know that he wasn't pulling all the strings until last year, but it's that some of his higher yeah. picks have not panned out. You know, he he's he's been genius, you know, or whoever has been pulling those strings have been genius at finding good players, you know, later in the draft, um, undrafted free agents, things of that nature. But, uh, you know, he's, he's yeah. got, he's got to, he's got to, you've got to hit on those first two or three picks every it, draft it, or you're, or you're, you're going to kill yourself. It seems like he's missed on the big name, but gotten good solid players elsewhere. And so, obviously, we as fans all look at that big name miss and go, he's horrible. But when you really look in depth and you go, okay, well, we have a bunch of guys that are contributing. It's it's actually solid. He has solid drafts. It might not be something flashy, but it's solid. Right. Unfortunately, if you're going to go with a free agency period of build depth, your draft has to not be solid. It has to be flashy. So he set himself up for a flashy draft. I don't know if they're going to be able to pull it off, but I did see something today that they were talking about it on probably NFL 32 on ESPN. But uh, somebody was raising the point. They Again, they started to go with the, well, what if Cleveland takes Tannehill? 
And everybody on there immediately went, it's not going to happen. So they went, okay, well, Miami then would take him at eight, right? And they said, yeah, if they feel he's the guy, they take him. But then they raised a question. What if somebody falls or the Dolphins don't think Tannehill is an eight pick? Do they make the pick for, say, Melvin Ingram or whoever it is, and then turn around, look at the draft order, and trade back into the first round around the 20th pick, say, and grab Tannehill there. Huh. Do you think she'll be there? That's you know, and that's going to be the that's going to be their question: is Is there anybody I mean, between us and, and the teams that we know will trade, you know, trade with us to pick up, you know, whatever another second next year or, or whatever they're planning on giving them? you know, next year's first or, you know, whatever, they, whatever they're going to trade for that pick. Is there somebody there that's going to snag that guy you need? Hey, James? Yes. Uh, can, you see, can you see the caller? I cannot. Okay. Um, I'm going to go in and try talking to him off air. So uh, I'll leave you with the Garth moment of, hey, you're in charge. Oh, Stellar. <laughs> I'll be right back. All righty. I don't even know what I'm supposed to talk about now, but Okay, sorry about that, folks. Um, seems I've got kicked off offline there for all of you that are that are listening. Um, phone dropped the call. Are you are you back on there with me, Kevin? I'm hoping so. Okay, my okay, uh, there we my go. phone my my phone dropped the call, so we had uh, I don't know how long we had a couple minutes of dead air there. Awesome. So I, I was just apologizing to everybody. <laughs> well, okay. Well, since I'm not interrupting anything, I'll go ahead and bring Alan on here. Um, Alan, go ahead with your question. Okay. Um, yeah, I was just wondering, when you guys were talking about Moore and Gerard, um, who do you guys think would be a better fit for the West Coast offense? Not maybe who's going to win at camp, but who's still the better fit for um, the offense we're going to run? It's a great question. Uh, thanks for calling in. Sorry for uh, not getting you last time. But uh, thanks for calling back in, and I'm glad you shared the question with us. No problem. Who do you think, James? <laughs> Man, I don't know. I mean, you, you miss I'm having gonna, Keith here, don't you? Yeah, Keith's great <laughs> at this at this sort of thing. <laughs> he's our he's our football genius. Um. I don't know. More, you know, more, more had more had some issues with some of the short passes last year, and that's, you know, I'm I'm not super familiar with Gerard, you know, other than you know the few games that I've seen him play in. Um, so it's it's really going to be you know probably the guy that can, you know, that's better on the short passes because a, a lot of that's what that West Coast offense is is uh, 
you know, based on. What about you, Alan? Um, I was thinking actually Gerard would be better. He's he seems more mobile and um, he 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 has all that and he's a little he's been around a little bit more and um, I just don't trust more. He had too many of those snaps that went to him and he fumbled and you know they gave it up a, a lot because of that and you get better yardage um, when the defense recovered those. So I just thought Moore had a lot of those troubles when it came to trying to get the snap better. <clears throat> I think uh, oh, that's I, I think that's a great point. Um, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, take you off the air, Alan. But thanks for the call. Okay. And I'll answer no it when, I, when uh, you're gone. I don't know how to do that transition yet. Sorry, guys. I'll get better at that. Um, so uh, I think uh, I think he's right. I I, I think Gerard should have a better style for the West Coast offense, but I think Moore is the better quarterback and will get us more wins. So he's got a point. Yeah, but he, he does have a point on the, the holding onto the ball. Um, that that yes. drove me crazy. It, it seems like if if you breathe on Moore, he's gonna he's gonna fumble the ball. I mean, I, I've seen I've seen Henny just you know pile driven into the ground so many times, and you know you could you can. You can criticize his game on so many levels, but man, that guy can hold on to the ball. Yeah, you know, he doesn't. He and just doesn't fumble. Thinking about it, I mean, I almost want to see Henny in a West Coast offense because he has the mobility. I mean, everybody talks about how great on the run Tannehill is at throwing the ball and how great a fit he could be. Henny can run. That guy could move. So it would it would have been interesting to see. Now, am I saying that I wish he was back? Probably not, but it would have been interesting to see. I, I, I have I have to believe that our new staff looked at a lot of tape of Henny, you know, and oh yeah, that, that if they really wanted him, because Henny was willing to come back, and I think he was probably willing to come back for less money. I mean, he didn't he's not making anything in Jacksonville. That, you yeah. know that I can recall, he would have come back to Miami for less money if we thought that there was something there, or if the staff, that is, thought there was something there. I also think, though, that the staff coming in, seeing the type of environment that Henny had around him from us as the fans, knew that it wasn't going to work with him. We would not, we would not do well as fans having another year with Henny there even if he would have been good at the West Coast offense. Yeah, Earl, I agree. He's probably not accurate enough for the West Coast offense, but he could move. So, I don't know. I mean, it might uh, it might have worked. I don't know. I'd be willing to uh, willing to see, but I'm not saying that I miss him. So, yeah, I don't, I don't uh, think there's – well, there's always somebody that's going to miss him, but I think for the for the most part, I, mean, I think Dolphin fans, you know, are happy that he's gone. I like the guy, but I, I pretty much knew he wasn't the answer. You know, I wish yeah. him well. I, don't yeah. think, I, think he, I think he's one of those guys that will be around for a while because he can do some things, but he's never going to be that guy. He'll, uh, he'll catch on somewhere and be – 
a solid backup, go in and start some games, could be pretty decent starting some games. But it'll take him a little while to get a starter's role again. Yeah, I mean, if we and had again, him here as a back, if we had him here as a backup, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have a problem with that. But you know, then again, in. you've got uh, Blaine Gabbert up there, and people don't seem to love Blaine Gabbert, so we'll see. Yeah, he could I've, be starting. I've read more than one play, one place that he that he's probably gonna 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 beat out Gabbert. So um, we, we shall see. Ask the question. Limey Finn asked the question. He seems to want to ask questions today. I like it. Um, he loved Chad Pennington, but do you think that he hindered the team's growth and delayed the rebuild that we need? I don't know. P- possibly. I mean, there, there's a chance that we, you know, but what what, what quarterback, you know, I, I, I'd have to see what quarterbacks, I'd have to go back through the drafts and look at what quarterbacks were taken and, and what what quarterbacks we passed up because we had any to really say that that, that, that affected. Yeah, that's because, true. I mean, I, mean I, I really think that I, I can see where Pennington was a problem for Henny. Um, at the same time, there's a lot of stuff that Henny could have learned from Pennington. I think what the biggest problem for Henny was, I, I don't want to say Sperano because it's the cheap answer. I want to say Sperano because Tony was so anti the turnover that I really think he got into Henny's head and Henny would hold on to the ball rather than take a shot because he was thinking, I can't turn it over. No, I, 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 I agree. He, I I agree with that I think totally. He would he... Force, he forced some throws because, oh, that guy looks open rather than just wait a second and get the guy that's streaking down the field wide open. He was so afraid of the turnover. I I I agree one hundred percent. I I I think, and I think that a lot of that came from Parcells as well. Parcells is that old school. Yeah. You know, I don't care if I if. You know, it's you know, run three times for two yards, you know, and then you know, pump the ball. That's better than turnover. But you know, in in today's NFL, that doesn't work. That works for him, you know. Back back in the days of uh, you know when he was coaching for the Giants, but it, it, it's not going to get you anywhere today. You've got to be able yep. to throw the ball, and, and sometimes you've got to be able to throw the ball for lots and lots of yards, and. Uh, Probably why part of why uh, Parcells didn't want to come back and coach the Saints this year. Probably Supposed, because supposedly he asked somebody, and I don't remember who it was he asked or when he asked it, but he asked somebody um, or told somebody, let me say, that he feels the game may have passed him by, which means that maybe he realizes that something didn't work in Miami. Well, his, I just think his mindset doesn't fit today's NFL, unfortunately. Yeah, and it's it's just you know, I mean, there there there's there's some aspects of of his style that 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 probably are good, but the uh, yeah the 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 apparent fear to open up your offense that he has is 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 death a death sentence in today's NFL. 
And, you know, if he goes and coaches Drew Brees, he, he, Drew Brees is going to turn the ball over. But he's also going to go out there and have, you know, 400-yard games for you. Yeah. You know, I – I can uh, I can live with I can live with two interceptions if the guy goes out and throws four hundred and fifty yards wins the game for me. I don't care. Yep. It it you're yeah. I can take four hundred yards and a win with two interceptions all yeah. day. But and, and you see that all the it, time. You see, you know, Brady turns the ball over sometimes multiple times. They all do. It's it's not the end of the world. I will say that we have about 15 minutes left in the podcast today. Um, if you guys want to call in, it's 347-326-9461. But we have about 15 minutes left in the podcast, and we're a week away from the NFL draft. And I did not expect to be talking about Bill Parcells, Tony Sperano, and Chad Henney. <laughs> it's a really weird turn that we took tonight to be a week away from the draft, a new head coaching staff, new everything, and we're still talking about Henny and Parcells and Sperano. <laughs> I, don't th- I don't think that'll be an issue uh, in, in seven days. So, <laughs> But, um, okay, so I, I'm going back and forth with this first pick. Um, I talked about it last week. Uh, probably this weekend I'll put together my one and only mock draft and I'll uh, I'll post it. I'm thinking probably Wednesday of next week. So that way uh, it's the day before the draft and then the draft will happen and I'll be wrong on just about every pick. But um, I keep going back and forth and I'm down to two players. I'm down to either Tannehill or Ingram. And that's why I keep talking about both of them. Um, if they're there on the board, I really have to make a decision in order to take them. Um, and I can't decide. I really, really can't decide. Which I, I have a feeling you that be a problem either way. I'm, I almost think that if Ingram's there, that means Tannehill's gone. I mean, I could be well, wrong, I, but but I, I think it's I think. I have a feeling you might have your choice of the two, but but not both. Yeah, it might. Or it very well that didn't might. Come out right. You know what I mean? Not the, not the choice yeah. of the two, but you're gonna have. Yeah. You'll have one or the no, other. Odds are, not both. Yeah, you'll have one or the other, but you're not gonna have both. And you know, if you think they're both a win-win situation, then that's the way you go. So okay, so who do you think? Okay, let's let's assume it's the Tannehill pick because consensus around the league seems to be that we end up with Tannehill. Where do you go in the second round? I don't even know. I mean, I, I like the idea of, of trading back up if there's a player that slides. That's, you know. Yeah. But who who knows? I'm one of those people that don't, you know. I don't I do not do mocks because I think past maybe the first four or five guys, it's almost it's insanity. It's crap sheet the whole way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, nobody nobody's – Nobody's mock drafts are, are correct. Maybe, maybe like I say, the first five, six, seven picks, maybe you get those right. But even even that, you're gonna have you're gonna you're gonna start seeing more trades up in the up in the high part of the draft because it's not as risky to do so. So many factors that go into it. I think I think that Duke Duke is uh is sounding off that he'd like best available pass rusher, and that's in that's probably. 
Yeah, that's probably our probably probably our greatest yeah probably our greatest need after quarterback. I think I think you go pass rush and quarterback the first two picks. That's probably what I'm doing. I don't know which order, but that's what I'm doing. I will take a pass rusher and a quarterback in the first and second round somehow in some combination. After that, that third round where we have back-to-back picks. I could I, I could very easily see wide receiver wide receiver. Yeah, if the, if if the talent's there, you, you and and they say that they say that there's talent, you know, possibly five or six rounds deep, starting yeah, talent I mean, at wide receiver, which is which is amazing. Take back to back wide receivers there, double down, and hold on for what you got. Yeah. I can I can very easily see that happening. Um, I could also see wide receiver, offensive line. So yeah. either way, um, I just opened up the uh, the newest edition of the NFL magazine. Yes. And uh, there's a Miami Dolphins. There's a one page on each team leading into the draft. And I guess it looks like what they did was um, go through and go through the first seven rounds of every team's history and pick the greatest pick from the team in that round, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? I say that yeah, right? yeah, like, like, like Marino would be okay. first round and right. Zach's going to be your fifth rounder, that, that right. sort of thing. They have, they have Dan Marino in the first round, Dwight Stevenson in the second, Dick Anderson in the third, Jeff Dellenbeck in the fourth, Zach in the fifth, Ed Newman in the sixth, and Jake Scott in the seventh. Wow. Uh, I like Pretty Jake strong. Scott in the seventh. But it says our uh, top targets for the Dolphins are Ingram, Courtney Upshaw, Ryan Tannehill, and Andre Branch. I really think that if they go Tannehill in the first, I think Branch is sitting there in the second. I think he could very easily be the, the pick in the second round. So we could end up with that quarterback first round, pass rusher second round. And then just go all out on wide receiver, tight end, and other any other random hole we might have. Mr. Solo Dolo, I love Luke Cookley. I would love to take that pick. I just – it is purely a best player available type pick, and I'm not sure that the Dolphins can do that. I just I look at it and if he were some other position maybe, um, but when you have the linebackers that we have, the middle linebackers specifically that we have, I can't figure out where Cookley would fit. I, I if, if if they were to take him, I can't argue it. I mean I look at him and I see Zach Thomas, but I can't justify the pick at the same time. So, um, uh-oh, uh-oh, I just got a text from our missing member. <laughs> He's calling me, or he wants to call in. Is that, is that him? It, he's, he's texting me right now. So, uh, is that him right there? That might be. I think so. No, it's not. So, let's go ahead and take this. Well, uh... 
go ahead and talk to screen that call, and I'll talk right. uh, some other stuff. All right. But, yep. Um, if you guys haven't seen that interview that I was talking about um, with Jeff Ireland, there's a video of it on the Miami Dolphins website right now. It's a one-on-one interview with Jeff Ireland. I'll post a fan shot about it after the uh, podcast. But it's it's pretty good. He sits down with Jesse Agler and he talks. Um, he, he talks some good stuff. I'm not 100% sure. I mean, he doesn't leak anything. You're not going to suddenly go, oh, that's what we're going to do. But at the same time, um, he does talk some stuff. One thing that he talked about, and uh, Armando, who I know – excuse me, sorry. I know most of you uh, love, but uh, Armando has a quote from Ireland today, and he says, I've always been big, strong, fast. That's what I'm looking for. In some cases, you're now looking at a different player versus the run or a different player in a nickel situation or coverage situation. There are some cases we're looking for different types of players, which tells me that uh, Ireland is using Philbin's philosophy rather than sticking to the um, Bill Parcells' typical big, strong, fast, want to maul you type guy. So how much of that did you catch, James? Just the just the part where you said that he that uh he he was more leaning on the Philbin uh way of thinking than than okay. the old school. Yeah, in his in his interview he basically said that he's always been a big strong fast guy, but in some cases now we're looking for different players. But let's go ahead and get Carter on the line here. Hey Carter, you want to talk about the draft? Uh, sure thing. Um, I, I was hearing what you were saying and stuff, but um, so uh, with the whole uh, trading Brandon Marshall and all that stuff, didn't they say he had a kind of a plan going here? Um, I didn't get the plan at all. I think um, I think that I'm going to take you off the air, Carter. But thank you for calling in. Um. I think that uh, I think the plan was simply we can't have the drama. I don't think Philbin wanted to have the drama as he's trying to rebuild this team. So I, I think that's why. And Keith, as you join us, what's your take on treating uh, Brandon Marshall? Well, he pretty much always treated the Dolphins like they were a mistress anyway, didn't he? I mean, the fact that he's playing in Miami, he's still talking about his glory days with Jay Cutler in Denver. I mean, I understand that we never gave him a Jay Cutler type, but it, it was constantly, just, it was almost like we were just like a, a stopgap for that guy. He treated it like it. So, I mean, if you're, if you're filled in, you come in, and you want to go ahead and get the – I mean, you're you're building this team around what you believe. And Brandon Marshall has proved, I mean, throughout his career that uh, if things aren't done his way, you're going to hear about it. Yeah, very much so. Now, okay, to go back to what we were talking about just before you called in, um, we're looking – we're assuming the Dolphins are taking Tannehill 
eight overall. Make that okay. assumption. Not Did at number three overall? Not at number three overall. We're going we're gonna to go ahead and say that the idiocy of talking heads will not, uh, <laughs> will not prevail and make us trade up to three overall. As much as freaking Jim Ursay wants it to be, which somehow it just it makes me uh, makes me question how that's not tampering to for a guy that's not even involved in the move to be jumping up and down saying you need to make a trade. Yeah, whatever. He's a dirty old man. But okay, so we take Tannehill eight. What do you think we do in the second round? Uh, well, I think, uh, I'm trying to, it's been a few days since I, I've looked at what I, I'd like to do. It could be a, a, a pass rusher, a guy like Andre Branch, maybe, who I think is, is kind of starting to slide out of late first round consideration. That's actually uh, exactly what I said, was exactly Branch. I think okay, Branch yep. would be sitting there. I branch branch is the most likely. It could be. I mean, if a stud receiver's there, I've seen some people suggest that could could slide into the second round. I would I would take that immediately. Yeah, I can't argue a second round receiver. I think what what I see happening right now is the first and second round are quarterback pass rusher in one order or the other. If we skip Tannehill and we take Ingram and then go Whedon in the second round, I can't argue against that either. But um, third round with those two picks sitting there back-to-back, like I told James a little while ago, I could very easily see wide receiver, wide receiver, and just double down right there. Yeah. I mean, if the, but, if the right talent's available for, for what this team is looking to to, to fill in, uh, to put into its scheme, then, yeah. Uh, Curry from Marshall is another guy who, if, if available, would be a a great pass rush option. Yeah. That's uh, Vinny Curry? Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, um, then, uh, did you, yeah, you posted the fan shot today about the uh, Jeff Ireland interview with the quotes that Armando had posted. Right. Yeah. So um, I, I, we were talking earlier and uh, how he his philosophy for free agency was depth and how dangerous that could be. Because look at Ireland's drafts, whether you'd say that they're Parcells, and I, I personally, I believe that a lot of what he did up until last year was Parcells-driven. But either way, Ireland has solid drafts. He doesn't have stellar drafts. He doesn't. He's not flashy. That first pick may flop completely, and that's the big name, so everybody sees that it was a flop draft. But when you look at the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, he's finding talent. They may not be superstars going to the Pro Bowl every year, but they're on the team making contributions. When you use free agency – to build your depth, you make it so that your draft has to be stellar. You have to get those flashy guys, and you have to hit on them. I agree. I think that after reading his comments 
in that article today. I, I'm going to be floored if we don't take Tannehill. I think that he really lined up everything to really swing for the fences. And, yeah. you know, we, we, we've talked about Tannehill as a, a, a guy who's a year away, someone who the word raw continuously comes up with that guy. But I don't know if you guys watched the thing he did with John Gruden. Uh, he, he's sharp. I mean, he yes. He, under, he understands how to how to take take over that offense, how to make it work. Sorry, I'm driving. Less. It's really hard to do this while I'm driving, by the way. Uh, <laughs> to actually to actually like put out a, a substantial thought, but I mean, it, it just showed that he knows how to work in in a pro style system. I mean, he got up there on the the dry erase board. And I mean, like mm-hmm. he just—I mean, they were just shouting out terms to him, and he knew what to look for. He knew how to get through his progressions. I'm—I don't think he's—I definitely don't think he's somebody you'd start right out of the gate. But I mean, if you—if you're getting late in the year, I mean, why not? I mean, if he's got that kind yeah. of brain, I mean, you might as well just put the wheels in motion. Yep. Depending um, on where where we are in the playoff race. Part. To go uh, to go away from the Dolphins for just a second, because it is a Florida team. At least we're not talking about the Texas Rangers. Uh, um, the uh, the uh, Orlando Magic and the NBA. Apparently, it's breaking news right now that Dwight Howard's having back surgery and is out for the remainder of the season and the Olympics. So that's a. Uh, that's a big blow to Orlando to have any shot in the playoffs this year. Aren't they but, glad he picked up his option? Yes. As, oh, yeah, yes. that made a lot of sense. And then <laughs> he, he claims that he didn't try to get Van Gundy fired, and then it comes out that, so, I mean, those two won't work together. It's so, yeah. Such garbage. I mean, and I just, I mean, I'm not a Magic fan. I've never really cared much for the Magic, but I, I just, I remember – them talking about how oh we, we'd really like to keep him through these playoffs. Why? I mean, sell high, sell now. Uh, we'll see what they do. I personally would love to see them match him up with somebody else in Orlando, just because I followed Orlando. I I, I won't say I'm a Magic fan. Maybe I will, but um, but I follow Orlando. Um. I, I I don't want to see the Shaquille O'Neal experience happen again. Star, uh, stud, center, walk away from the team, and everybody go, oh, crap. But, okay, so as we uh, close out the show with, once again, the non-Miami Dolphins segment of the show, um, I don't know how we always do that, but we do. <laughs> but, that's okay. Um, do want to say one thing for you guys that are listening, and I'm really excited about this. I know James and Keith are excited about this. Next week, we figured this out. Our podcasts are Thursday night. Um, something big happens next Thursday night. That would be the first round of the NFL draft. So what we're going to do, instead of just having a normal podcast during the NFL draft, we're going to go ahead and change it up a little bit. And in order to do that, we're going to go with a live three-hour podcast that we are going to do during the 
draft. We're going to start 15, 30 minutes before the draft, and we're going to go for three hours. And theoretically, we'll cover most of the first round. Um, could we miss a few? Sure. Uh, they have 10 minutes to pick per pick, I believe. So if you figure out all the math, um, it will come in right about the same time that we would be ending. Now, with all the fanfare and all the extra stuff they'll do, we'll probably end up missing the last couple picks, but that's the way it'll go. So we hope to have all of you guys there with us. Um, feel free to call in at any time during the three hours. We will be starting at 7.45 Eastern, and we'll go until 10.45 Eastern. And how um, genius is the decision to not show these guys on the phone? Oh, God, thank you. Somebody finally figured this out. It's so dumb that they freaking would show, hey, and the commissioner is going to the podium, so let's cut to Tim Tebow taking a phone call. What? <laughs> Yeah, that, that was the that was the only thing that kept me uh, from just, just total uh, personal meltdown during the uh, the Ted Ginn pick. Is yeah. they show I mean, Brady Quinn wasn't on the phone. Yep. So at that point, you're like, yeah. So, I mean, I never never in a million years would I have imagined it'd be Ted Ginn and his family with that pick. <laughs> but I mean, it it makes sense. I mean, it's genius, and I like the fact that everyone's all in on this. The one thing I don't understand is, do we still own the rights to Ted Ginn's family? I know we we got rid of Ginn, but do we still have his family, or are they free agents, or I don't know. That's only if they run under a 4-4. Four, four. <laughs> well, if they do that, then wouldn't they sign in Oakland, not in San Francisco? Yeah, see, that's the thing. That was a very Al Davis pick on our part. <laughs> Ted is a great player. God. Oh. Talk about going back to the dark days. But, oh, my. Uh, oh, man. Now I'm just now I'm just stuck on that. But uh good call. So anyway, three hour show next week, guys. Please join in. Um We'll do it live. Call in with reaction to the picks. Uh, Keith, you have NFL Network? I do. James, you have NFL Network? I do. Okay, so you guys will be watching it at NFL Network most likely. I'll be on ESPN because I don't have NFL Network. Oh, that's that so, sucks for you. So you have to listen to people like John to to the, and Steve Young to to explain why. Remember, uh, here's here's why I'd never watch ESPN during the draft ever again. Uh, two years ago, when uh, when we we took Jared Odrick, which I mean, not was not thrilled with that pick. But Steve Young was going off because we didn't take Sergio Kendall. I don't remember that. He was. He was just like, why wouldn't you pick Sergio Kendall when the Jets are right behind you? That's the stupidest pick ever. He was just going oh. nuts. Is Kendall played? No. <laughs> he was just like, uh, it's just ludicrous to me. I don't understand what's going on right now. Why would you take Sergio Kendall? Yeah, that's why we didn't take Sergio Kendall. That's okay. We we get we get to listen to Deion Sanders butcher people's names for three hours. So 
That's true. That. That's true. But, well, James, thanks for holding it down tonight. Keith, thanks for calling in right at the end. Thanks uh, for having me. I think it was a good show, guys. Thanks for the callers who called in. It's what makes the show fun because, Lord knows, a week before the draft, I didn't expect to be talking about Chad Henney and uh, Bill Parcells. So, hey, oh, keeps us on our toes, and it's good to go. So my last question for the night, guys, as I uh, get ready to end this episode, is Keith, did you ever see that Twilight Zone where the guy signed a contract and they cut out his tongue and put it in a jar and it wouldn't die? It just grew and pulsated and gave birth to baby tongues? Pretty cool, huh? <laughs> Hold on. Bye, guys. Go Rangers. Now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up a bottle of Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale for $7.99. Plus, earn double O Rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hello, you're listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play, brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories, like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0, or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Support for Pivot comes from Polestar. At Polestar, every inch of every vehicle they design is thoughtfully made. They're made to transform auto performance, accelerating from 0 to 60 in less than 4.2 seconds with fully electric all-wheel drive. They're made to elevate the driving experience with LED headlights and a panoramic glass roof. And they're made to uphold a greater responsibility to the planet using sustainable materials and energy-saving systems. The result is a car that combines the best of today with the technology of tomorrow. Pure performance, pure design, Polestar. Design yours and book a test drive today at polestar.com.